Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Got Tony T talking some of the first-week matchups, uh, including South Carolina at North Carolina. North Carolina has Mac Brown back uh, at the helm. Mac Brown, of course, is a future college football Hall of Fame coach. Uh, he is 68 years old, but it will be interesting to see uh, what he does with that North Carolina program that normally gets a lot of talent and how they compete with South Carolina in the first game of the season. We'll look at the point spread and the total and maybe some of the things you want to bet when it comes to that game. We're also talking Georgia Southern at LSU. Georgia Southern was a good team last season. Uh, I believe they were 10-3. and three. Yeah, 10-3 and three last season. Uh, any problems they might face, or excuse me, LSU, some of the pitfalls that they might face when facing uh, this Georgia Southern team and how you might bet that one. We've also got our MLB daily picks as usual. We're talking Reds, Marlins, Red Sox, Rockies, Rangers, and Angels. But first, we've got Premier League Soccer with Nick Giever in our first segment. He's always got some great plays, including some great values. He's hit on some of them before. Will he hit again? We'll talk some of those matches. And as always, 25% off until the end of the month on our football passes if you head to picksandparlays.net. That's going on through the end of the month if you want to jump on that special before it ends, before football season is really in full swing. Uh, we've got a great show, lots to get to. If you stick with us after the break, we're talking soccer on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host. Chelsea Messenger, you can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find, usually the first thing that pops up. Uh, let, right now, let's get to some Premier League soccer to start the show off with a bang. We've got Nick Gieber here with us. Always excited to talk about soccer. Well, Chelsea, I am always <laughs> excited. Uh, you know, I say this every time I come on. The greatest show on earth is entering its fourth week of the season. Uh, my life is spectacular once the Premier right. League starts again. So everything's happy. Everything's great. And, of course, my team, top of the table, going to win it this year. All right, but we do have some really, uh, a couple of nice juicy ones uh, Yeah, this let's weekend. talk uh, Newcastle-Watford first. Um, one of these managers is on the hot seat when it comes to Watford. Uh, so there's got to be a little extra pressure there for them to come out swinging. Yeah, absolutely, Chelsea. I mean, this is a big match. It's at St. James's Park. Uh, Newcastle United recorded their first win against Spurs. Uh, I believe that was away at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was a massive upset. Video referee had something to do with it, too. Uh, but this really got Steve Bruce, uh, who's the manager of Newcastle, gave him a little bit of breathing room. Uh, he has some big shoes to fill as he took over for uh, the legendary Rafa Benitez, who just couldn't come to terms with Daniel Levy, the owner of the club. But Newcastle United still in the bottom three, as are Watford. And Watford this year, while they were part of the best of the rest last year, 
This year, a massive disappointment. A lot of it has to do with their talisman, their captain, uh, one of their goal scorers, Troy Deeney, having a very uh, bad injury, and he hasn't been able to play. Uh, Javi Garcia is in big trouble. And I tell you, the odds right now, Chelsea, he is going to be the first manager to win the sack race this season. So what's the odds on this game? Well, Newcastle are plus 156 to win at home. Watford a plus 205 to win away. I actually, once again, Chelsea, I'm going to go out. I, I like the draw. There's great value here at plus 224. Look, neither of these teams are scoring goals on a prolific basis. Let's see. Newcastle have scored two goals. Uh, Watford have scored one goal. Uh, the goal line currently is two and a half. I say this is going to be 1-1. One, one. So I'm saying take the under on this, although I don't think there's incredible value with, uh, with taking the total goals on this particular match, actually on either of these two matches. But I really like the draw on this. Uh, it's going to be a great match, though, because these teams are going to come out firing. Uh, I guess the question really for me is on Newcastle. Is their big signing, Joe Linton, going to continue to show that he was worth the money they paid? If he has a cracking match, well, you know, this could certainly turn in Newcastle's favor. But certainly the last three games haven't shown that this is going to be, to me, anything other than a 1-1 draw. Uh, so I say take the draw uh, plus 224 and put some of that lovely dosh in your pocket. <laughs> and it's still early in the season, so there's still probably some questions about both of these teams uh, that you might have moving forward and some yeah. things that you might uh, – we might not have figured out. Are there any other X factors when it comes to these two teams? Well, you know, look, both of these teams are, are in trouble. Uh, as we said, Javi Garcia had a great season last season. He's really under a lot of pressure this season. Steve Bruce getting that, that respite. But the problems at Newcastle United have to do plainly and simply with their owner, Daniel Levy, who is a rubbish owner. He doesn't invest in the team. Newcastle United are truly one of the big teams in England in terms of fan support. They are really the biggest and the only team in Newcastle. Uh, they have a lot of support, a virulent support base, and they have been very disappointed with ownership. Who couldn't come to terms with a legendary manager at Newcastle United, Rafa Benitez, who um, uh, you know, made them, they came mid-table last year with Rafa. I mean, this is a team that really should have been relegated. He did incredible things with them. He uh, took uh, Liverpool to all sorts of European glory. Uh, when he was with uh, Liverpool. Uh, this is a really established manager, but he wouldn't, the ownership wouldn't open the purse strings for Rafa, and he left. Fans were desperately upset. And the appointment of Steve Bruce, well, uh, you know, Steve Bruce didn't sort of quicken anybody's pulse rate. But he's a good, solid manager, a bit old school, but seems to, I think he'll get it done at Newcastle, but I do like the draw on this one. All right, that's our pick for Newcastle and Watford. Uh, taking the draw is a value pick in that one. And moving on to the rivalry match, Arsenal. Tottenham, thoughts on this one. What's the line? Let's start off with that. Well, actually, you know, I didn't write down the lines on this, uh, but I can tell you that Arsenal are the favorites because it is at the Emirates. And uh, being that we're a handicapping show, clearly I came very well prepared for this <laughs> because I have another stunning prediction here for you, Chelsea. Well, it's a only stunner. on Wednesday. To, to your credit, it is only Wednesday. Yeah, well, when is this game? Yeah, this game is Sunday. I don't think the lines okay, are going to so shift all yeah. that much. There's not, there's not too many question marks in terms of injury. Look, I th this is a derby match. And by that meaning, if you don't know what a derby match is. I had never heard of that term before. Well, Today, so. uh, uh, well, let me enlighten you. <laughs> so. uh, a derby match is when you have two teams from the same part of town. So this is the North London derby. Both Arsenal and Tottenham play in North London. They are two of the very biggest teams in English football. Uh, there is a handful of others that we can put up there. Liverpool, Man United, Manchester City, um, Chelsea. Uh, but right now, Arsenal, uh, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, uh, Man United are considered the sort of big six in, in football. So this is another big six clash. We've been blessed 
but we've had one every week so far uh, of the first four weeks of the Premier League. This is a huge one, though, because Arsenal got, well, let's just say, I wouldn't say tonked, but they got beaten very soundly at Anfield last week by Liverpool. Uh, they were second in the table. They were unbeaten as of last week. They are now beaten. Uh, Tottenham, an absolutely stunning result at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last week where they lost to Newcastle United, the team we talked about earlier. Uh, this is a very big match. And what you get in these derby matches is you get a very fast-paced, highly physical, very aggressive. Uh, it's almost played at a frenetic pace. The fans, of course, the stadium is packed with fans from both clubs. So it's, it's really it's not a, a good environment for children. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> a good, clean family fun. This is not going to be. This is going to be a bitter and nasty match. However, these matches, in my experience, and I do have a lot of experience in this, oftentimes end in a draw, Chelsea. Okay. And uh, I love this match for the draw because it's, playing, it's paying plus 271. Now, Chelsea, I decided that I need a new Ferrari. Oh, wow. So uh, I thought I would speak to my good friend Craig at Picks and Parlays. He would empty us uh, a good portion of the, uh, of the operating bank account. Oh, and we no. would put it in. And at plus, 227, <laughs> uh, plus 271, we thought with the win, we could buy Ferraris for everyone. What do you think? Well, I mean, if you're willing to put that kind of money on it, I guess you did your research. Well, I think that's up to Craig. I think, you know, he's, he's smiling. I think he's ready. He, he could use one. He'd look good. No, look, I love this. Plus 271. The value here is great. Look, clearly Arsenal are going to be slightly favored because it's at the Emirates. It's at their home. But, you know, I, don't, I question Arsenal manager Unai Emery. I'm not sure that tactically he's as savvy as he needs to be. I'm not sure Arsenal really have a plan B. Tottenham Hotspur, well, this is a club that I don't know what's going on with Spurs right now, to be fair. They've got loads of talent. Um, they've got Harry Kane, who's an incredible striker. Uh, English you know, plays for England. He's going to be right up there with the best of the best. But there's just something about Mauricio Pochettino, who's their manager, and his body language. Uh, they, this team made the finals of the Champions League last year, and they lost to Liverpool in the final. Uh, they ended up... They are on a currently a 15-match streak where they have won only one match in 15 in the Premier League, uh, going back to last season. So they were right up at the top of the table. They kind of went into a slump. I'm not sure they pulled out of it, but again, this is a derby match. If there's anything to inject that adrenaline, I'm not talking about the locker room and the medic. I'm talking <laughs> about passion and dislike, and we got it all. This is a match you're going to want to watch. Uh, Arsenal Spurs at the Emirates. I say 2-2. I say plus 271. I say that should make you happy. So a 2-2, two -two, would that be an under or an over? Uh, well, that's actually an over. The over's minus 107 right now. It's up to you if you want to put that in. But the draw, yeah. Two and a half the total. Two and a half the total, right. So this is four, so you're going to take the over. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. <laughs> uh, yes, go for that. Uh, well, when you've got new Ferraris on the line. Now, Chelsea, I know you have a happy surprise coming. Yeah, so maybe not a Ferrari for you. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know, what, a decked-out Escalade? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think a Ferrari is in my wheelhouse. I think our insurance would go up way too much. I did see, however, that, that Rolls-Royce has a very nice-looking SUV, perfect for a young and growing family. Oh, man. Car talk here. What, well, were the, what were our two vocabulary words for the day? Well, we did Dosh already. Darby was Darby. today's word. Darby is today's word. We'll have a pop quiz in about 30 seconds during the break. So uh, you want to get ready for that. Right. You learn something new every day. And hopefully you can win some money off of it. Uh, and not just the vocabulary that comes from across the pond. And by the way, if these results should not pan out, please don't send me hate, hate messages. <laughs> uh, uh, please. I, I, I can't take the pressure. 
But I mean, you're the one banking on a new Ferrari, so. Always, always, Joseph. All right, we're back after the break uh, talking football. We're back on Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. And check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're really easy to find, and we always appreciate your feedback. We also stream the show live every weekday. Right now, let's get to it. Some college football. We've got Tony T. joining us. Uh, Tony, hello over there. Afternoon, Chelsea. Really good afternoon here as uh, we're getting ready for the start of college football. And uh, we got some really good matchups to talk about here for Saturday. And of course, uh, one game involving a coaching change here with North Carolina. We're seeing Mac Brown coming back to coaching. You ever think you'd see that after his exit in Texas? I, I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. He didn't really have anything to prove. That's why I was surprised that he went back there. But he does have roots. Uh, he did coach at North Carolina for quite some time. Uh, he got a start there, so it'll be interesting to see if he can really turn around this program that has really done a nosedive, uh, especially last year, 2-9. and nine. This is a team that normally recruits really well, uh, and they play on the easier side of the ACC. They don't have to uh, be in the same division as Clemson, but yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, the game we're talking about, South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina uh, to start off the year. South Carolina, 7-6 and six to start, or uh, Seven and six in 2018. Uh, initial thoughts on this one. What's the line and what's the total? All right, uh, Chelsea, South Carolina, North Carolina will be played on neutral field in Charlotte. Uh, the current line right now, we see South Carolina favored here by 10, total 63. Now it opened at South Carolina favored seven and a half. We're seeing some 11s in the marketplace here. And, uh, and a lot of this early money is the sharp bettors that are, are, are banking on South Carolina. I think they're kind of betting. I don't think they really sold on Mac Brown coming back to North Carolina. I really think you got to question is, did he ask for the job or did they beg him to go to North Carolina? I'm kind of thinking they think I'm thinking that he was begged to go back to North Carolina because of the state of the program at this moment. Right. But I mean, he's like I said, he has nothing to prove. So I don't think he would go there if there was no talent and no chance of having a decent team. North Carolina is not that far removed from having a good team. They usually send quite a few people to the NFL. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's more talent on this North Carolina team than people are giving it credit for. Yeah, North Carolina will start in this game a freshman quarterback, and I think that's a concern as well, especially facing a South Carolina team that uh, returns their senior quarterback, Jake Bentley, and they're very strong in their secondary. I think that is the concern there. Uh, of course, the South Carolina has their uh, senior running back as well, Rico Nullback, and their offense showed improvement, 30 points, 426 yards a game, the run game. Four and a half yards to carry. Remember, they put those numbers up against some pretty good opponents they face in the SEC. And defensively, holding opponents at 27 points a game. And uh, they've got seven starters back on uh, defense. So the Gamecocks got some, got some experience. And that secondary, very strong against that uh, Tar Heel offense. Uh, something we saw against uh, the in the Florida-Miami game is sometimes you can kind of scheme around having a new quarterback, a freshman quarterback. And I think Mac Brown, I mean, he knows what he's talking about. Um, he's been a coach for a long time. Are there ways he can scheme around that? Is their run game strong enough to kind of uh, make up for that? Do you think um, North Carolina gets around that issue somehow? Well, the question is if they're going to run the football is if they're in the game. 
the, the issue here with the Tar Heels has been the defensive play. Uh, they, they gave up 34 points and 48 yards a game last year. So uh, their defense has been was really poor. Yeah, they can run the football early, but if again with this, this is the concern. If you're looking at down and distance, and we saw this in that in, in, in the opening week, third down conversions were horrible in that Miami uh, Miami and, and Florida game. Uh, you get a third and distance with this freshman quarterback, especially against this really good Gamecock secondary. That's really what's going to be the signing factor. Will this freshman quarterback make interception? Is he is he coach to throw it away? Dump, dumping passes, which which will be short of the first down and they're off the field. You know, third down conversions, I think it's going to be huge in this game here. And I think that's where the advantage of Gamecocks coming off the field. Okay, so we talked about um, the line being around 10. So the issue here is not if North Carolina can win, is if they can cover. Uh, do you see North Carolina being able to hang around? Or do you wait for that number to go up or go down? Uh, what are you looking at when you're betting this game? Well, the game right now is at 10. There's some places now showing 11. It opened seven and a half. There's a lot of money pouring in on the South Carolina side. And I think they're looking at the, that issue there with, is, is in those third down situations against that South Carolina uh, secondary. It's going to be very tough for the Tigers to move the, the football. And the thing is, how many stops is this North Carolina team going to get? I mean, they gave up 34 points and 448 yards a season ago. And I think that's where you're going to see those late scores for South Carolina. Behind, remember, behind a senior quarterback, They'll be a little better this year offensively. I think that's what they're seeing here is that, that those late scores in the second half for the uh, Gamecocks. Uh, what about the total? Is that ta worth taking a look at? The total sits here at uh, 63. And my concern here is uh, how many points is North Carolina going to score? Uh, again, right. they're, not they're not experienced, you know, obviously, that offense. How is that offense going to deal with that secondary for South Carolina? That's really where I think the, the mismatch is, and that's why I'm afraid of, of, of taking this uh, total. So you just would stay away from it altogether? I'd stay away from the total, looking definitely at take, uh, laying the points here with South Carolina minus 10. All right. Uh, so you're taking South Carolina in this one? Yes. And just a little quick reminder for our promos, if you head to picksandparlays.net, we've got 25% off all of our football passes. If you want to get that done before the end of the month, nice little special, 25% off at picksandparlays.net. Uh, moving on to the other game we're talking about, Georgia Southern, LSU. Georgia Southern was 10-3 and last season. Uh, do you think they pose any potential problems for this LSU team? Could be a test here for uh, both teams here. Georgia Southern here. We'll give you the line here. Uh, it opened at LSU favored 25 and a half total. Uh, the line has moved. LSU now favored 27 and a half. The total uh, opened here at 53, still 53. Our play is going to be on under a total of 53. Don't want to get involved in the point spread. You know, Georgia Southern, a running team, averaging 266 yards on the ground per game, but it only threw for 70 through the air. That might be a tough matchup for them to move the chains against this LSU defense that uh, that is very experienced. Remember, all four of their defensive linemen return, six of their back seven, uh, I'm sorry, six of their front seven return on defense for the Tigers. And I see this can be very difficult here for Georgia Southern to get that offense going. I don't see them scoring a lot of points. Now, on the other hand, looking at LSU, they have experienced quarterback Joe Burrow coming back. Not a really high, not a high completion percentage, but again, you got to wonder. Uh, Chelsea, with Texas on deck, are they going to really show the Longhorns much in this game? I just think it's one of those games that you see a lot in the SEC, especially when you have a, 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 a team from like LSU facing a mid-major, where they're just going to be plain vanilla package, just run the ball, run the clock, get a lead, and just go home. 
Do you see Georgia Southern? Um, you mentioned how good the LSU defense is, but Georgia Southern, uh, they averaged 30 and a half points per game last season, and they do run um, some version of a, a triple option. Um, it's definitely not a triple option, but they run the ball a lot. Their quarterback uh, ran for more yards than he threw last season. Uh, do you see any problems when it comes to facing that? How will LSU kind of adapt to that, and do you see that posing any problems? Well, I don't see it posing much problem because of LSU's speed in the, in, at the linebacker position and their front, and obviously their front four is experienced. That front, that front seven experience, when you're facing an option team like that, I think the speed and experience is going to is going to be too much for Georgia Southern. We're looking at Georgia Southern, and remember, they play in the Sun Belt, and their non-conference schedule was not very tough. I mean, they did play Clemson last year. That was their toughest game. It ended 38-7, which went under there. And uh, I just believe here Georgia Southern – did pile up some some stats like that, but against Sun Belt teams, were, were lesser competition here. They did beat a top twenty-five team in App State. That was one of the surprises of the year last year. They had a good win against an Appalachian State team that played very well and had a bad game that day. Oh, but, uh, all right. <laughs> I just I just see the I, I'm just not I just believe here. Like I said, I'm not really picking a side on this game. I'm going under the total of fifty-three because I think it's going to be more of a defensive style game. Uh, where, where LSU is going to get the lead, control clock, and run and run clock. There's going to be a lot of running plays in this game. Remember, Georgia Southern is a run-heavy team. And, uh, yeah. you know, they put up some pretty good defensive numbers also because when you run the ball as much as you do, the defense is not going to be on the field as much. And right, these, and these, and these games finish fast. Yeah. And um, I think that's what we're going to see here. Yeah, it seems like two teams that would run the ball a lot, especially Georgia Southern, uh, if, if it's the same offense as they're running last year. They're running the ball, ball a whole lot, and so is LSU, especially if uh, they don't have quite as much faith in Joe Burrow. I think this year they do like him a little more. He does have more experience, but um, he's not expected to do uh, quite as much as some of these other quarterbacks maybe. And that's when you see the teams that uh, really pile on the points is the teams that throw the ball a lot, right? That, that's right. And of course, LSU, they're not they're not looking for style points. You know, when you think about the SEC, this that's a conference that really doesn't look for style points. They're just looking to get the game over with. And remember, LSU has to go to Texas next week. They don't right. want any injuries. They want no one hurt in this game. And again, if they build a lead, they may even go to the bench early in this one. But I, I don't see them doing that. They'd have to build up a really sizable lead here on this Georgia Southern team. But I think uh, I, I really believe here. That's why I'm looking toward the under the 53 here. I think it's going to be tough for Georgia Southern to put points on the board against this LSU team. And again, LSU, a total plain vanilla package, uh, running the football a lot. Uh, not a whole lot of balls downfield in this one. And I think they just want to get, get out of this game healthy. Plus LSU. It's at LSU, right? Yes, it is. Well, that's one of the hardest places to play in all of college football. And I think first game of the season, uh, whether it's a big opponent or not, the student section is going to be rocking. Uh, the fans down there really enjoy LSU football, so that's something to consider as well. Uh, I don't think Georgia Southern, I mean, that's going to be really tough for them to go down there and play on the road. It will be, and of course, I don't know if you read the story about their quarterback, Shea Wirtz. Uh, he was cleared of a cocaine possession charge, and he's available to play. Now, this happened two weeks ago where he was pulled over for speeding, and they saw some white substance on his windshield. And the, I guess the officers were really concerned about it. They did a test. If it was actually bird poop, but they found cocaine in the bird poop. Oh, they found cocaine in the bird poop? Absolutely, yeah. That's the part that I didn't read about. Because I was about yeah, to that... say, don't throw them under the table too much. Because uh, they thought it was bird poop. But, well, just fishy things when it comes to that arrest. Absolutely. All right, so Funny you're taking play. the under on this one, correct? 
Absolutely. All right, those are our picks for college football week one after the break. We're coming back with some baseball picks on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am Chelsea Messenger. I am your host. I am here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. If you want to follow along on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, we stream the show live every weekday. If you search Picks and Parlays, we're very easy to find on all of those social media platforms. Right now, let's get to some baseball picks. If you want to cash some tickets tonight, we've got our daily baseball picks with Craig Trapp. Hello, Craig. How are we doing? Big day today. Of course, time to build a bankroll for a huge <laughs> college football tomorrow. Right. Yeah. You could have some money to play with if you win tonight. Yeah, that's, the, that's the goal, at least. That's the goal. <laughs> you don't want to lose your money tonight and then not have your bankroll for college football No, tomorrow. then you double down because you no. have to win it back. That's the problem. That's my mindset when well, I gamble, which is a problem. Yeah, money management. <laughs> money management is as important sometimes as winning is, is how you manage your money so you make sure that you can bet week in, week out, day in, day out. So uh, that's important. Of course, baseball, that's extra important because you're playing – Pretty much they play every day. Right. All right. So let's talk about some of these games today. Uh, let's start off with Red Sox Rockies. It's Eduardo uh, Rodriguez on the mound for the Sox and Peter Lambert going for the Rockies. Eduardo Rodriguez is 15 and 5 with a 3.92 ERA. Peter Lambert 2 and 4, 6.40 ERA uh, in 70 innings of work. Initial thoughts on this one. What's the line and where are you leaning? Well, of course, Red Sox, huge public team, uh, opened at, as a favorite, minus 175 after, of course, winning last night, uh, opening game of the series, and the total was at 13 and a half, which, if you're not following the Rockies, that's pretty normal. You see these totals in that well, 12 to 14. Well, it's in Denver, right? Yes, it's, yeah. it's at mile high, so you see the totals are always inflated, but, of course, the Red Sox money has came in strong. We even see points bet all the way up to minus 195. The total is still setting at 30, 13 and a half, so, which I don't see that moving. It looks like it's pretty equal action on that one. But if you do like the underdog Rockies, I would wait until closer to game time because I have a feeling you're probably going to be able to get the Rockies at plus 165-ish in that, in that neighborhood as the Rockies have not been very good as of late. I was about to say, is there any reason to take the Rockies in this one? Because uh, pitching matchup-wise, Peter Lambert, a uh, 6-4 ERA, and he has not gone very long in most of his starts uh, his last three he's gone either four five or six with at least uh, two earned runs so he just doesn't last that long uh, and this Rockies bullpen is towards the bottom of the entire major leagues I believe they're 28th in batting average and just overall their bullpen not great so it, it looks like if this one goes to the bullpen uh, not great for the Rockies especially against a Red Sox lineup that has the best batting average in baseball. Well, Lambert has not been good at home either. He's lost his last five starts. Um, he's actually not been terrible. When you look at the numbers, if you if you consider they're at the mile high air. Right. And, and so when you look at that, sometimes they can be deceiving. You just look at ERA or WHIP numbers. But he hasn't won in five starts on the mound. So it would be hard pressed to take the Rockies, especially the way they've been playing lately. Um, I think the Red Sox, obviously, they're very good on the road this year. 37 and 28, one of the better road teams in baseball and playing playing pretty well on this uh, this road trip right now. I, I think Boston definitely has the edge here. If you're going to play Boston, I think you have to lay the run line because, of course, I don't bet anything uh, once it goes over that 
170 to 180 mark. I just will play either the run line or I'll stay away. Um, actually, for this one, I actually think it's a little more better value to play on the total in this one. Two of the better over teams in baseball. Um, on, so on the year, 76 and 53 on the over for the Red Sox. And uh, the Rockies are 66 and 61. And now that's even more important when you know that most teams are actually have losing record as far as the over is concerned. So right. that's pretty important to know when you're, when you're betting a team like this. When you see that 13 and a half, I always say they're even, even in the mile higher. They're trying to get that under, under players out there. And I'm sure there's some sharp guys that are playing that. But for me, I just think Boston, they're hot, hot, hot right now on this road trip. I think they went over last night. I think they go over tonight. And I think this one, I think they go like 10-5 type game, easily going over this one, maybe even higher as the Boston Red Sox, like you said, best offense in baseball as far as the batting average is concerned. The only concern I would have for the over is if Eduardo Rodriguez has another good night. Uh, lately, the National League and the West Coast has been good to him. He went seven shutout against the, the Padres Yeah, uh, last week, and he even scored a run. Because if you remember, we talked about it last week, yep. uh, he was excited to get his bat out and actually bat because obviously in the American League, they normally have designated hitters. So that's, I mean, that's a plus for these Red Sox pitchers that are used to facing not only DHs, but also the AL East. But it's an edge when you go, we talked about this last week, when you're playing on the West Coast, so you play in San Diego or at Dodger Stadium. You see a lot of unders there, bigger ballparks, much harder to hit home runs. But not at the Rockies. Not. <laughs> this is mile high air. I see. Uh, if he, I, I expect a quality start for him. I think he'll probably go six innings and, and probably less than three earned runs, which at Colorado, that's, that's, a, good start. that's a very good start. Um, and, but, you know, they'll be up big. I think uh, when, that's, when you're up big, I think also you'll leave your relievers in longer, so you try to save the bullpen. And sometimes that can lead to even these really uh, a lopsided score and some late runs from the Rockies. I think the Red Sox run line is a, is a solid play, but I think the much better play is the over 13 and a half in this one. Well, in the first game of the series last night, 10-6, uh, Red Sox won it. So that would have uh, been the over, I assume. I don't yes. see. I don't think any line was 16. No, right? it was 13 and a half again last night. Um, so in the last, they've played 10. The last 10 games they've played, it's went over nine of the 10 games. Now that's going all the way back to 2013 because they've only played 2013, 16, and 19. But it tells you a lot of these games, half of these games were in Colorado, that you just get a lot of high-scoring games with a dangerous Boston lineup the last uh, decade. Right. Okay, so you like the over on that one. Over 13 and a half is the play. All right, let's move on to the Reds and the Marlins. Anthony DiSclefani on the hill for the Reds, 8-7, and 4-2-7 ERA against Sandy Alcantara, who's actually been really good for the Marlins. Uh, he's gone at least seven innings in all three of his last starts. Quality starts, uh, no runs, two runs, or three runs in all three of those. But the problem is he has not gotten wins in any of those. Uh, so the problem is the Marlins as a whole. Uh, what are you looking at when it comes to this Marlins game? Well, when you look at the opening line here, Cincinnati not good on the road. They've won the first two games of the series. Maybe the odds maker is getting a little out of hand on this one. Cincinnati minus 156 is the opening line, and the total set at eight. Uh, now we see it; uh, it's kind of dropped in some spots. We see it as low as minus 150 at Fanduel, um, and even the total has dropped a little at seven and a half because both these pitchers aren't terrible. I, I think the Marlins, uh, like you said, have a, a nice little starting pitching edge. The the bullpen is much better for the Reds, so that would be the concern if you if you like the underdog here or you like. Um, the under is that uh, the Marlins bullpen can be kind of hit or miss, but I think this one's going to be a pretty close game. The Reds have won two in a row on the road, though. 
um, after getting swept at uh, the Pirates that were struggling. So the Reds are just two and three in their last five on the road. And on the year, Reds are terrible on the road. They're 25 and 38. And uh, the Marlins, not much better at home, 27 and 42, but it's basically the same win percentage when you look at those two. So who are you taking in this one? I would take the Marlins in this one. I just think there's way better value betting against my hometown Reds. You can get all the way up to plus 135 at bet365. I think there's much better value when, when you have a starting pitching edge. I also like the first five in this one with the Marlins. I was about to say yeah. I kind of like the first five in this yeah. one as well because if you don't trust uh, the Marlins to get it done all the way, the starter's actually been really good even though he is 4-11. and 11. Yeah, well, don't look. When you look at really <laughs> bad teams, um, you have to kind of look at the – Win loss column as as just a, a you know just a number because right. when you look at when you actually look at the number of quality starts he's given if he was with the Yankees this guy would probably be eleven and four right. so a lot of it is how much run production he gets and the Marlins aren't going to score a whole lot of runs and that's why I think the under is not a terrible play here. What's the total? The total is at eight, um, so most of the places still have it at, at eight, and I think there's a quality um, a value there at eight, but I just think. You know, when you're getting plus 135 against a team like a Reds that, that only win basically, uh, you know, 35% on the road and expect them to win three in a row, even against a Marlins team that's not very good, give me the Marlins uh, to, to end this uh, mini winning streak on the road for the Reds. Oh, now I'm picking the hometown team in that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to this Rangers and Angels game. Two pitchers with not a whole lot of Major League experience. Uh, Manuel Clase is one and two with a 4.35 ERA in only 10 innings of work. It's his first major league start, uh, so not a whole lot known on him, but usually when that's the case, usually take the over. Uh, the Angels, Patrick Sandoval, 0-1, 6.75 ERA in 17 innings of work. So again, small sample size there, but the Angels also have the most bullpen innings uh, pitched in all of baseball. So if he doesn't go long, it might spell trouble for the Angels. Well, these teams, obviously, they play each other a lot in the AL West. Uh, both teams kind of, uh, I think, at some point this season, you could have said both of them were, you know, Texas, I think it was June, one of the hottest teams in baseball. And right. uh, the Angels was uh, after the death. So Tyler that was July. Skaggs, yeah. That was around July. They were they one of the hottest streak, teams. Yeah. But then, you know, both have come back to earth the last month, have not been good. The Angels won last night 5-2. to two. But like you said, tonight, it's, it's, this is who knows what's going to happen with these two starters because neither one of them are proven. Um, I never liked playing a guy, um, even when you get the value, because the Angels are plus 150 right now. And uh, the, of course, uh, I'm sorry, the Angels are minus, one set, one, minus 180 and the Rangers are plus 150 um, because... Obviously, when you have the starter, when you have a reliever going to start the first time out, it's, it's hard to stretch him out. Yeah, because he probably imagine. he probably won't last more than five. Not. Like five is pretty generous. Yeah, too. I'd say three to four innings. Um, first time there's an issue. This is you know I could see where he kind of does you know what the, I always call it the Tampa Rays start now where you go three or you know two three innings yeah, and you have three opener. guys do that. I, I can't stand it first of all as a handicapper because it's impossible to handicap because you don't know who's <laughs> going to pitch after the first guy always. Right. Um, at least as a starter, usually you're assuming, assuming five innings, maybe even six or seven if you know a, a more established veteran. But to me, I think you have to go with the total in this one. And I think the value is on the over because, like you said, not neither one of these bullpens, I think they're going to get a lot of action tonight. They've had a lot of action this year, and neither one of them have been very good. So Right. This time of year, it's really hard for those bullpen guys when they have so many innings uh, under their belts that they're calling up a lot of guys from AAA. 
uh, a lot of unproven guys and it's just like a lot of uh, wear and tear when it comes to their arms so this time of year especially if your bullpen has pitched a lot it's not normally a good thing <laughs> yeah well I think you also see a lot of um, guys being brought up this time of year because the bullpen gets overused yeah, so if they a guy just goes, need more arms right they go more than two or three innings then that guy gets sent down they bring up a guy from AAA for a short stint and I think that's what you're gonna see tonight a lot of bullpen action a lot of runs I like the nine and a half. Of course, Trout hit a, a big home run last night. He's got the home run record uh, or uh, lead for the year. I could see him having a couple in this one because the pitching is going to be oh so bad. So what was the, the total on this one? Nine and a half. I even see it at 10 at some spots. We'll call it nine and a half. That's majority of the, the locations out there have it at nine and a half Angels and Rangers for tonight. All right. We like the over in that one real quick. I just wanted to touch on this Orioles Nationals game. I think it's one of the the bigger the Nationals are a huge favorite in this one huge. and as, as we've seen in baseball there's been some huge favorites this year that have been upset by the Tigers and the Orioles so do we see an upset brewing uh, in Max Scherzer's second start off well, the IL I mean I let's just say I'm never gonna play a guy over over minus 170 let's just call it I'm definitely not playing a Matt uh, a Scherzer's coming uh, back where he didn't go very long last time. Of course, probably was on a pitch count. Probably won't go very long tonight. Um, I think they're going to win, but 4-1, to one, minus 400 or above uh, is where this is going to end up. There's no way any handicapper will tell you to bet that. If you're going to bet anything, I would take the, the Orioles at the huge price and maybe even throw it with a couple teams in a parlay. I mean, you could have a par three-team parlay winner that pays 15-1 to one if the Orioles win this one. Right, or you could take a first five if you yep. assume that Scherzer's Scherzer, going to yeah. go five. But it still would be the odds will still be minus three fifty, so I wouldn't bet that. Yeah, it's not worth it. No. All right, when we get back from the break, we're recapping all of our picks from today. If you weren't paying attention, we've got you covered. Uh, we're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Stick with us. And we are back on this Wednesday afternoon here on Picks and Parlays Radio and Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me here every day, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern, uh, either on the radio or Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We stream the show live every weekday, and we also appreciate your feedback on all of those social media platforms. So if you want to give us a shout over there. Uh, we had a great show today, lots of stuff to get to. Uh, with it being football season, baseball season, and soccer season. Let's start off recapping our picks with Nick Gieber's Premier League Week 4 picks. Newcastle and Watford taking the draw on this one as a value play. Uh, plus 224 are the odds on that one. Arsenal versus Spurs take the draw on that one as well at plus 271 if you want to win a lot of money and have a nice little value pick there. Uh, Tony T gave us a week one preview for college football with these two games. South Carolina, North Carolina, and Charlotte taking South Carolina in this one to cover minus 10. Georgia Southern at LSU take Georgia Southern. Uh, and we're playing the under in this one. We're not playing a team, we're just taking the under. And then finally, our baseball picks, Reds at Marlins taking the Marlins at plus 130. Red Sox at Rockies, taking the over in that one because it is at Coors Field. 13.5 is the total 
in that one, and you've got an inexperienced pitcher. Or excuse me, that's the next matchup. Uh, we just like the Red Sox lineup in that one. Rangers-Angels is two inexperienced pitchers when it comes to Major League time. So we're taking the over, one, over in that one as well. Nine and a half is the total. We think it hits the over. Those are our picks for the day. As always, we appreciate you joining us. And we're here every weekday, 1 Pacific for Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. Until tomorrow, we'll see you then. Got plenty of football to get to tomorrow. If you want to stick with us for more action, bet, win, repeat. We're back tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.